0: Welcome to an inquiry into freedom. Uh, so, Ron, um, I wanted to kind of touch on AI, uh, artificial intelligence, which seems to be what we have in Washington D.C. and overall in our government. But I want to I want to do some quick news stories real before we get into that. Uh, real fast. So. Um, Biden administration is considering new alcohol guidelines where you only get um, two beers a week.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, so the director of the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism suggested that America could be taking a LEAF out of Canada's book when it comes to alcohol consumption guidelines. Um, currently, American men are recommended to limit themselves to two drinks daily, while women recommend, are recommended to have just one. Um, so the United States can't, doesn't have any original thought anymore. Oh, no. Um, So they're looking, you know, they look to Canada and Europe and other places and just copy what they do. Uh, So Canada permits only two drinks a week. Uh, And it's ignited a... Crap. It's ignited a, a debate on the health benefits of alcohol and its place in American culture. So in other words, uh, maybe we're headed towards Prohibition 2.0. That's
1: <laughs> just what I was thinking. These imbeciles, <laughs> the they I, never learned the first time around. It's, an,
0: it's insane. Yeah, they're so stupid. But here's, here's the funny part of this. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Um, So, Biden's beer czar. Oh, no. Have, I didn't even know. I, I probably just let our 10 listeners know that we have a beer czar.
1: Yeah. I really? Have, I like, is, are they like, oh, I I bet you it's Bud Night had to go look for work. I mean,
2: what,
0: how many czars? Wasn't it Obama that started that crap with, or maybe it was, yeah. maybe it was, uh, it could have been, uh, George Bush, the second. Uh,
1: I think it was, if, it, if Bush started it, then Obama put it on steroids. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh,
0: but I mean, did he have like, I don't know, I can't remember, some goofy number, I mean, double digit number of czars for everything you could think of.
1: Oh, everything? He had a czar of czars, didn't he?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's so, I mean, that's what, uh, that's what, um, Camel Tongue, (laughs) I wanted to say something else, but Uh, uh, that's what she is. Kamal uh, is a a czar of some sort. I don't know what, I mean, she was appointed border czar and hasn't even been down there and doesn't even know what the hell she's doing, so.
2: Um,
1: Carmelo czar, yeah.
2: (laughs) Uh,
0: So, of course, you know, people are, are... are pretty pissed off about it. Um, and once again, calling it government overreach. Gee, you think?
1: There really is a Beersar? There? Did you just make that up?
0: No, it's, it's in the article. Biden's beerzar has no business advising guidance on alcohol consumption.
1: The czar? Oh, my God.
0: I mean, maybe it's that's what they're calling him. I, I mean,
1: but I'm either so way, that's, that's
0: basically what he is. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna dictate to anyone what they should or shouldn't drink and how much of it they should or shouldn't drink, you're you're a freaking communist czar. Uh, sure, is there alcoholism? Yeah. Just like there is uh, abuse of marijuana and they legalize that crap. And and I mean, you know, you could see some of these experts, so-called experts on TV going, well, marijuana never killed anybody. Really? I'd like to see the FBI statistics on that. Well,
1: you know, I, I I'd guess like to Biden... see the
0: the local police blotter when it comes to uh DUI pertaining to marijuana use. Uh,
1: you know, I think he is an expert though considering, you know, his son's a crackhead, so you know it's just another
0: but it's another example of what i was talking about uh in one of our episodes that they're trying to eliminate anything that that gives you joy so if you're a person and i'm not one of these people who sits around drinking beer i just don't um i i social drink or you know i may have a beer after uh, working in the yard and and something like that. But I don't sit around and drink a six-pack every day. You know what I mean?
1: Social drinking interferes with my social distancing program.
0: <laughs> well, and I don't do much of that at all. I mean, you know, we don't go out to the bars and clubs like we used to. And, and I mean, so I, I don't drink a whole lot. And the, But the point is, is that I don't, it's none of my business what other people do. If you want to come home and, and sit down... I mean, I have friends that sit down and drink beer watching football. I just was never that kind of person. Uh, if I went to a Super Bowl party or something like that, that's different. But I, I don't need to drink beer while I'm watching football or, or television or any sport, for that matter. I, I'm, just not, I'm just not that kind of person. So I prefer to have good
1: beer and good beer... You don't want to have more than a few of them because it's so filling but 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 light is I mean that's like you might as well just drink iced tea or water or something because you know it's that's not a good quality. I'm talking a a nice heavy stout or something like that, you know that I like that kind of beer, but I mean that's not something you want to sit around and drink all day long. You'll end up. No. 3, yeah. So it's I good. drink,
0: I drink yingling. Um, I know that that wasn't available in Colorado. I don't know if it's still not sold there, uh,
1: but it's, uh, a, yeah, you can get it. I think, but you know, that's, that's an Anheuser-Busch product.
0: now. Yeah. yeah, it may be. Uh, but yeah, but is. I like the, you know, uh, the wheat beer. Or or a Hefeweizen from from Germany or something, but I can only drink a couple of those. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're very heavy. Yeah, it's not something that you can sit and pound a twelve pack of. I mean, maybe some people can. I just can't do it. It's just too much. Uh, it's it's just too much. They're thick and a lot of you know heaviness. But I mean, so it's just a a question of. I mean, I get, you know, health reasons, but again, those, those are the people that are abusing alcohol. Um, but it, it brings to question your individual freedom and uh, yeah. where the government needs to, to stick their nose and where they don't. I mean, you know, they outlawed in, in uh, New York, I think it was 32-ounce uh, fountain drinks. <laughs> it was, yeah, like you couldn't buy a 32 ounce drink. And what's really <laughs> dumb about that is I'll just go in and buy two 16 ounce drinks. Yeah. I, I mean, did you really think that one through? Yeah, they just,
1: they just, it's the old, uh, for, for whatever reason, left us. Our Marxists like to use the words. At least they're trying. At least they did something. Well, so they so they changed what sizes of beer you could drink before you go drinking and driving. What whatever. At least they tried something. You know that was the whole thing with the masks. They had to do something. It was more than the Republicans were going to do or whatever. Like. You know, shut up. Just shut up. Yeah. Just, just doing anything, just to tr- say you tried isn't convincing me that you have any clue what you're doing. Um. But if you know, if if he wants to have a beer czar that says, you know, uh, I don't think you should have more than two beers or whatever, and and they don't have any authority. And I don't know, as long as they're not receiving federal funds to to pass along their stupid opinions, but you know if they're trying to actually make that policy like that failed so badly a century ago, then um, that is not a smart move.
0: Well, but so, they're say- but they're saying also, um. It's a guideline.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, well, it's not like man. Yeah, you know guidelines are not laws. So as much as you want to try and impose some sort of guideline, and you can shove it. And and supposedly, the the um, the beers are. These guidelines are supposed to be looked at every so often. So, in two thousand twenty-five is when they're going to decide if they're going to change the guidelines for the amount of alcohol um, a certain a single individual can consume in a week. It's just it's just craziness.
1: Yeah. How about they do a study on? Uh, how many potholes it's okay for my suspension to hit every week before they fix the damn potholes? How about they do that project and forget about the beer for a while? Yeah,
2: Yeah, I, I, I mean, think that,
1: that sounds like a really good idea. Yeah, we've yeah. talked about that.
0: I mean... People... People are struggling. You know, Biden's on his Bidenomics tour, and saying how great the economy is and 13 13 million jobs created and inflation's coming down and the unemployment rate is blah 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 but we all know that that's not true not if you not if you mix and mingle with the average citizen and they tell a completely different story and the 13 million jobs that he created uh, is still not what we were at pre-COVID.
1: No, no, that's, that's the thing is there was so much pent up, uh, job, uh, market to refill and they, they have not refilled it. I mean, he's not adding jobs. He's, you know, (laughs) People that
0: just went back to work and here's the, here's the funny thing that they never mention: 20 million people were out of work during COVID. He he supposedly created 13 million jobs. What happened to the other 7 million? Yeah. And then uh, I've asked this question before. Does that also include people that have gotten two or three jobs?
2: Exactly, yeah.
0: So, so what is the real number? I mean, here we go with the cynicism again, right? But uh, we all know... Those of us who are paying attention, we all know that they changed how they figure unemployment because they don't include uh, people who have dropped out of the workforce completely and aren't looking for a job anymore. Um, they've done the same thing with inflation. They figure inflation differently than they used to. They figure, um, uh, uh, well, they figured COVID in a completely well, bizarre way. I mean, it's just... Well,
1: it's, yeah, the CDC has has now redefined what a vaccine is. So that basically, you know, what used to be a vaccine isn't a vaccine. I mean, well, uh, an old vaccine, something that met the definition of a vaccine before will meet the new definition. But now they have changed it so that something like COVID, which is not a vaccine does meet the new definition of vaccine so that they can start calling it a vaccine. So, oh, I feel so much better now. Yeah, right. Yeah, even though it still doesn't give you any immunity whatsoever, which is the whole point to what a vaccine does. So it's like, you really have to be a stupid, stupid person to believe what these people are telling us. I just can't believe that uh, that the that someone like CDC or the government at all anymore has any credibility with people. I know that if, these folks have lost all credibility with half the country. I don't understand the other half the country who's going along blindly, believing and or at least pretending that they're believing uh, what they're being told. I. I I just can't believe human beings are that well, stupid.
0: Well, we'll get to that here in just a second. I've got. Oh, I've got never something. mind. No, no, no. It's a great point. So, so I'm glad you brought that up because I have something to throw in here uh, in just a minute that basically reaffirms what you just said and what we've been saying on this show for quite some time.
1: I was feeling like Rosanna, Rosanna, Diana. <laughs> <laughs> do mind. Yeah. what's all this i hear about the presidential erection yeah. <laughs> that's back when that's back
0: when comedians made fun of all politicians like well and, you know and saturday night
1: light, saturday night Live was funny in those days yeah, yeah it's
0: it's not it hasn't been funny in 20 years
1: yeah i i uh, haven't been I mean,
0: it's probably on, like, Tuesday nights now. I, I have no idea. Yeah, I, I, don't, I've, I haven't watched Saturday Night Live, and I couldn't tell you how long.
1: Well, there you go.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just... It, it stopped being funny, it, as far as I'm concerned. 20 well, that years shows ago, how and that's probably when I stopped
1: watching it. Yeah, it that, that just shows how low the standards of people basically under 40 are. Well,
0: if you go back and, and you... So, I was a big Conan O'Brien fan until he got political and it took all the fun it's like he sucked the air out of the room and it's like man you're not i I, you know johnny carson used to used to do that but he didn't make his whole entire show about that no and he was funny
1: yeah i mean he made fun yeah
0: he made fun of everybody but he made his point and then he moved on but these, these guys, these clowns today that are in late night and, and host these shows, that's basically all they talk about. It's like watching an opinion show on Fox or uh, Newsmax or, or any of the, the cable news networks. I mean, if you're not sitting there and, and getting fed up with that uh, on a daily basis and then you turn on you know, a, a network, uh, ABC, CBS, NBC, and and you're watching that again in late night. I mean, how do you how do you like not go stir crazy? Yeah, uh, I I had to shut it all off. And occasionally I I watch through my streaming service a couple of free uh, media outlets just so I can you know. Uh, be up to speed on what's going on. But once I see something, I go and I look it up, and I start doing some some reading and and looking in different places. Uh, And then, you know, like I said, weed through all the nonsense and and make up my own mind instead of just constantly being bombarded with the same thing over and over and over again. Um, So I brought this up uh, a couple episodes ago. Uh, when Tucker interviewed um, Donald Trump, uh, the day of the debate, it was pre-recorded, I don't know exactly when he interviewed him, but it was released on uh, the same day as the uh, GOP debate. And I had mentioned that he he asked Trump, not once but twice, do you think the next thing, you know, they've done everything, the next thing is assassination, and so, uh, I want to play how he, how he lines this out, um, because this is in the news now, and, uh, you know, a pretty big story uh, for some. For others, they don't care, because if that happened, then they would, they would have nothing to worry about, um, but he was on the Adam Carolla show, and uh, here's what he said.
2: You know, they protested him. They called him names. He won anyway. They impeached him twice on ridiculous pretenses. They fabricated a lot about what happened on January 6th in order to impeach him again. It didn't work. He came back. Then they indicted him. It didn't work. He became more popular. Then they indicted him three more times. And every single time his popularity rose. So if you begin... With criticism. Then you go to protest. Then you go to impeachment. Now you go to indictment and and none of them work. What's next? I mean, you know, graph it out, man. We're speeding toward assassination, obviously. And no one will say that. But I don't I don't know how you can't reach that conclusion. You know what I mean? Like they have decided permanent Washington. Both parties have decided that there's something about Trump that's that's so threatening to them. They just can't have it.
0: I think I said that way before he even did the interview.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. We talked about yeah. that easily. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and he's right. There, there's nothing left. Uh, but to kill the man. And I didn't hear it. But a friend of mine said that there was a couple of people being interviewed on some news stations. And he had mentioned the view, and that they were talking about assassinating him. And I'm like, man, these people are sick. They are they are literally so obsessed uh, with him <laughs> on on all accounts. Whether he, I, I'll, I'll, I'll predict that if he doesn't get the nomination, um, that they'll continue to go after him his entire life. They aim to destroy that man one way or another, whether it's put him in prison or to bankrupt him. And they're not going to stop. Um, so a really interesting story that I heard.
1: Well, so if The View gets to talk about him being assassinated, that they're wanting to do that, then why can't we talk about The View people getting assassinated? I mean, shouldn't we be like advocating for them to be assassinated? I don't know why just you to, couldn't. Just They're, so that we have things
2: equal, you know.
0: Yeah, I don't know why you
1: couldn't. To be fair, I mean, I am all about fair and equity.
0: Um, I, I correct me if I'm wrong. Uh and, and I may be 100% wrong. But people threaten to kill people every day. Yeah. Um they're not they're not protected people like a president or vice president or you know someone in government they're just not I'm talking about the people on the view So if somebody was to threaten them online or something like that I don't know that it would be such a big deal I wouldn't think it would be but again I I don't know that part of the law
1: So the FBI wouldn't like show up at your house. I mean, if they
0: did, I don't know know what grounds they would have to show up. I mean, that's just a—they're just an everyday normal citizen. Now we—I'm not saying that you can go around threatening people. That's not what I'm saying, because we all know that's wrong, and nobody should do that. Nobody should do that to anyone, whether it's a politician or someone that lives on the corner.
1: But I mean, you're sapping all the fun out of that idea.
0: Well, I mean. But if you did, uh, I would consider that a form of freedom of speech. Yeah. Because they aren't protected. That's the difference. That's the only thing I'm pointing out.
1: But is it constitutional for, the, for a, a political person to be protected and, and someone on the view is not? Uh, no, not necessarily, no. Yeah, I didn't think so. Kind of, like, that doesn't sound like equal protection under the law. No, and so. I would agree with that. I, yeah. Yeah, I'm so not saying I, it's
0: right or wrong. I'm, I, again, I, right? I, I'm not, I, I'm not an well, attorney, so I don't know.
1: I agree with where you're coming from, though. It's not, it's not something someone should be talking about doing is, oh, let's go out and, uh, you know, how long's it been since uh, some, an actor tried to kill the president or... Uh, or blowing up the White House, or if people shouldn't talk like that, they should, oh, but they do, they do get away with talking like that. Hmm. Um, hmm. But they're only the ones who, okay. Well, so that That kind of- thing about that equal protection under the law thing isn't quite lining up either, so. No, Hmm. but
0: that's kind of where uh, I guess we could segue into artificial intelligence. And that Google, Facebook, Instagram, um, pick your poison, has algorithms set up to monitor everyone, everyone that uses their platform. And they decide what hate, hate speech is, they decide what is um, inciting or they decide what is dangerous based on an algorithm. And the, the argument is, um, how is that infringing on free speech? Now, because they're not regulated by anyone, uh, they, they, they can make their own guidelines, they can make their own privacy policies, they can make their own algorithm decisions, they can decide who and who not to censor or mute or ban or whatever, uh, you know, based on their, their own policy but how, how, is that, how is that not infringing on your free speech? Well,
1: and there's something else that...
0: I mean, if I, wanted to, if I wanted to go on, if I wanted to respond to you and say, you're a fat piece of shit, now I wouldn't do that to you. But if I wanted to, they would ban me for harassment or uh, what else they call that? Bullying. Even if it's true? But if I walk down the street and say that to you, nothing happens to me. Yeah. Because I have the right to free speech. You may not like what I said, and other people who read your your comments and your posts may not like what I said. But I have the right to say that. So that's, that's, the, uh, that's the gray area that I'm talking about and, and how how these companies have the power to to mute you or ban you based on how they feel that day
1: yeah especially if they're only claiming to be you know a a publishing platform that they're not a you know an editorial platform um But I'm thinking of something else, too, because what they're doing is they're listening in and they're recording because they have to be able to justify their decisions. So doesn't that run afoul of, uh, I'm thinking in California, but I, I think there's other states, too, where they say that you cannot record a conversation between people unless both sides agree something like that that well that's that's
0: a state thing there uh in the state of tennessee you don't have to inform somebody that you're recording a conversation
1: right most states that's the truth right but but in california they do so i'm like so if i'm in california and i'm on social media then they're recording keystrokes, et cetera, et cetera. And doesn't that run afoul with California law?
0: Well, that's a good that's a good point. And I have um, a news report on that too. Um, let me get to it real quick. See if I can find it. Um. So, um, we had talked about Google, and uh, this was just came out the other day. So Google tried to have a lawsuit tossed out over potentially embarrassing incognito mode data grabbing so, so if I go on Google I can, I can choose to go incognito which doesn't send them any data like it, it, you can surf the web for anything whether it's to buy something or to go somewhere a restaurant or a, a movie theater or even internet porn and they are not supposed to be able to gather that information. Uh, but they did anyway. So basically incognito is, doesn't exist. And that's what the lawsuit is all about. Um, so Google attempted to, to scuttle a multi-billion dollar class action lawsuit uh, uh, that accuses them of an Orwellian grab of potentially embarrassing data from users uh, incognito mode and other private browsing. So even if you used, like, Safari or whatever, um, they'd gather data on you. Even DuckDuckGo? Uh, probably so. Um, I've heard stories that DuckDuckGo is owned partially by Google. I don't, I've never looked it up to, to verify that. Um, so ironically based on what you were just saying three Californians and two others are suing Google on behalf of themselves and tens of millions of other internet users claiming that Google captured their data despite promising it would not Um, so they had argued Google had argued that uh, they wanted the case thrown out because they never made any any such promise. Uh, But a a district court in Oakland, um, the judge, Yvonne Gonzalez Rogers said she agreed with the plaintiffs who filed the lawsuit in 2020 that anyone using incognito mode in Google's Chrome browser could reasonably deduce from the modes open splash screen that their data would not be accessible by Google um, For users of Chrome and other browsers including Safari says you're in control of what you, of what you share with Google when you search but all of that is false um, so Google, Google uh, has claimed, since 2016, that it would not collect anyone's information while they browsed privately. But it did so anyway, collecting, collecting, aggregating, and selling plaintiffs' private browsing data without their consent. So I have, I have experienced this uh, with Facebook. I've experienced it with Google. Um, and I don't. I always forget about DuckDuckGo. But I could, yeah. be, I could be standing in my kitchen, you know, 10 feet away from my phone, and talk to my wife about, I don't know, a new car or something that we may be interested in buying. And I'll open my phone, you know, an hour later, and lo and behold, there are ads for what I was talking about. The same thing happens with Facebook. Mm-hmm. I can open Facebook... And lo and behold, there's auto dealerships for, for the specific vehicle that I was talking about. And I think you and I have had a conversation of how this is just one giant microphone. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing you can do about that. I had also mentioned the, uh, the test that a, a, a guy did. I can't remember what show it was on. But he took a brand new phone out of the box that wasn't activated, and he took his regular phone, and he went to, like, 30 different places, and the phone that actually wasn't activated, all he did was turn it on, traced everywhere that he went and actually collected <laughs> more data on that phone than it did on the one he had that was activated. It was his own personal phone. Yeah. And Facebook did the same thing. So when you get into um, the conversation of the dangers of of, uh, artificial intelligence, uh, Jeffrey Hinton, uh, one of Google's top artificial intelligence scientists, also known as the godfather of A.I., Quit his job in April so that he can warn about the dangers of AI. Um, AI can, he expressed that AI could, uh, result in a nuclear level catastrophe. Um, Elon Musk has come out against artificial intelligence to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, and and AI is in rapid development, and it's kind of like when when we had the Cold War, the the nuclear arms race. You know, these other countries are are. You know, who's going to develop the, the strongest, best AI before the other country does? Because it's also going to be used in, for military purposes. Of course. <laughs> um, but there's a, there is an uh, app, and uh, I don't know much about it. Let me, uh, let me look it up real quick. I've got several things open, so that's why I'm going back and forth here. Um, there's a, uh, an app called ChatGPT, and it's for iOS and Android. Um, and what that is in a nutshell is that you are chatting with someone or you you think you're chatting with someone and it's an artificial intelligent uh, program could be a female could be a male but they chat back to you and and you think or you're made to believe that you're chatting with a real person. Um, And here's what I find interesting. Uh, We talked about mass formation psychosis. And I think that's something that we would need to consider when it comes to artificial intelligence. Because they'll use that in social media. They'll use it in, you know, uh, news outlets. I heard a guy talk talking the other day. Um, I don't know. I don't remember where it was from. But he went and had ordered a pizza and it was delivered to him by a robot. <laughs> and he said, it scared the shit out of me. You know, but that's, that's artificial intelligence. When we talk about uh, self-checkout and all that stuff artificial intelligence is going to replace the human being that's, that's part of it uh, one of the biggest uh, fears is that AI will replace jobs where do people go from there I mean, we already struggle with unemployment and the job rate and all the other stuff you start introducing all this artificial intelligence and wiping out people's livelihoods, what are they supposed to do? Is that when yeah. they become reliant upon the government for everything, including a paycheck?
1: I mean, we've, well, we've I heard, can I can think of the first 535 people who ought to be replaced yeah. by I mean, that's...
0: Yeah, that's easy. Yeah. It's really easy. <laughs> but, I mean, think about that. Is is that why you have... Previous candidates and, and current candidates who are who are uh, promising a a thousand dollar you know free check for everybody in the United States because eventually they know they know that you're not going to have jobs anymore I mean we've seen this happen in the auto industry oh, uh, yeah. you know um, So, I mean, but I want to play this uh,
1: this little well, clip here. Go ahead. First of all, yeah, this, this keystroke thing with the logarithms and uh, listening in on whether it's phone calls, uh, cell phones, tracking people without being asked to be tracked, I think all of that is uh, unconstitutional. I think that even, even uh, telemarketing calls are unconstitutional, that uh, junk mail, whether it be email or regular postal mail, is unconstitutional. Um, so I, I'm a very much of a uh, constructionist, strict constructionist, I guess you could say, when it comes to the Constitution. Because there's just a presumption that, okay, well, you're you're free to use our service, but you have to use it under our um, dictates. Well, if I can't get that service uh, through a constitutional provider at all, then it's basically not available to me. It's not available to anyone who's not willing to give up their constitutional rights. And I don't think that's constitutional. Um, I think we own our mailbox, whether it is um, for the mail or for email. That's that's my property. It, it's basically it used to be called nuisance trespass. But the ability to just uh, listen to you before you you know before you've even activated the phone just turn it on and you haven't even activated it yet. And it's, it's tracking you. I, I think as a, a, an intrusion on your privacy, uh, it, it, it's a violation of your Fourth Amendment rights. Um, so for what it's worth, <laughs> which isn't probably anything, but for those of us who would like to, to dial things back and uh, I guess you could say reinstitute the Constitution in our lives, uh, just reimagine what things would be like if uh, no one could send you junk mail in, in your email or in your mailbox to listen in on your calls, to do logarithm analysis and that sort of thing. Just imagine what that world looks like. Well, I, and, and if, I'm glad if, you're, if, you're, if it's a free world instead well, of the way it is.
0: Yeah, because I, I wanted to bring that up with you because you've talked about property rights and that that's where that freedom originated <laughs> uh, was with property rights, like my body, my choice. And I played it at the le- end of the last episode that we did um which was the uh, I'll play a little well, play a little bit of, a, of this again. Set up Patriot J, Benny Johnson, Big Gino, Alex Jones. Free my dogs and lock up the radical left gone crazy. I don't bail, I don't
2: bail, I won't see inside a cell. Shout up, thugger, free my slime, slat, slat, YSL. They trying to lock me up, but I'm plugged in in H-E-L. Got homies doing life
1: in jail, they living in hell. These DAs acting silly, my mug shot is worth a billy. So some merchant made in Millie, shot me Millie out in Philly. Shot the baby, shot the salsa, Benny Butcher, them my rollers call me racist. <laughs>
0: okay, so that's that's an AI-generated rap song. Using <laughs> Donald Trump's voice. It's, it's hilarious. And I mean, so, so this, isn't, this isn't being used for nefarious purposes. This is just, you know, somebody... But the question becomes, I had mentioned that they're going to make a new movie starring James Dean. I think that's who it was. Using artificial intelligence. Yeah. Um, where do your rights begin and where do they end? So if it's my body, my choice, is it not? Is it not my image, my choice? Uh, mm-hmm. My voice, my choice? Yeah. I mean, if we want to get into, you know, semantics and and you know whether whether that is only used for abortion rights and nothing else, then then look at it from a, a different perspective, which is I own my image, I own my voice, I own my body. You know, it's yeah. my it's my property.
1: Yeah, I, I would look at it like the James Dean situation. I think applies to everyone, but and in, in specifically that example or Trump even. I mean, there's a there are trademark and copyright considerations.
0: So, but but, but with that so, being said, do I have to go out and copyright and trademark myself? Does everybody in this country need to do that? See,
1: I think that there. I think that that is essentially requiring someone to be licensed to do something. That you already constitutionally possess. Mm -hmm. You know, a license is basically issued to do something that is illegal without the license. It's not legal to drive unless you have a license.
0: Yeah, you can't hunt, yeah. you can't fish.
1: Right. So it, it's not legal to uh, enforce your uh, brand, your personal brand, your personal thoughts, your personal property without a license. And that's not constitutional. Uh, to, so to require someone to copyright themselves... Uh, is not constitutional. I think that copywriting your your the work product makes some sense because that you you have to put the world on notice that um, it's just it's not just a, a a publisher or an actor or a filmmaker or what have you that this image or this voice or what have you belongs to someone and you don't have the right to go around using it without permission so in the case of ai using james dean uh, i think his estate has a handle on uh whether or not that can be done and it, it seems to me that whether he has his image copyrighted or not or trademarked or not that if someone wanted to make an AI movie using him, they would, uh, be subject to having to fork over all of their revenues to, uh, whoever holds his, uh, family image rights, you know, his, his copyright images, you know, for his, the work product that he put out. Same if it was a, uh, Frank Sinatra voice being used to produce a new album. Uh, using AI. Because the the owner of the AI uh, technology doesn't have the right to copyright someone else's uh, work product. And their work product is their voice or their image or their moving image in the case of movie actors. So you know, it, it, I think that's fascinating law. It, it's just before we get into the law, I think it's more important to understand the Constitution and that we all have constitutional rights and we can't be forced to go and get a license to to protect ourselves. Uh, if, you know, if someone wanted to use my voice or your voice or what have you in AI to go make something, we might not have much of a claim, but someone who's got a really well-known or recognized like, like Sinatra or James Dean or you know Dean Martin or even Donald Trump, that's an infringement on them. So I, I think it's a fascinating topic, but we're so far afield with uh the constitution already that you know ai just puts things on steroids you know it's not just that it you know puts car doors onto cars better faster and stronger than people do it, it it's just that it it speeds up everything and it's all where our country's already out of whack with respect to the Constitution. It's like, we need to stop everything and get straight with the Bible and the Constitution, I guess, is, is what the conservatives would say.
0: So this, this the, the uh, James Dean thing was reported by the BBC. And uh, so... They're saying that, you know, actors and actresses who have died can be brought back to life as digital clones. But it raises troubling questions about what rights any of us have after we die. Um, so he's, he's going to star in an upcoming movie called Back to Eden. And they're going to use a digital likeness. Um, Look, you know, a lot of people probably want their legacy to carry on. I mean, there are a lot of people who are Elvis fans that weren't even born when he was alive. And so will we we see, you know, Elvis in concert next week? Um, Michael Jackson, you know, I... the the possibilities are endless but again uh, my concern is you know what if it's used in a negative way and who has the right to do that and you're saying you know the state has control over that well apparently they don't because they're they're making the movie,
1: without approval, what by new state?
0: Um, I haven't read the entire article. Because oh. um.
1: you you couldn't use him in a movie without a contract with him. I'm, I don't know how you could use him even after death uh, in a movie. Without a contract, you know, it's like who do you contract with? Um, it's it's like I say, it's fascinating a law, but it's even more fascinating constitutionally.
0: Well, this is why the uh, the actors are on strike. This is part of the reason because they don't want to be replaced by AI. I mean. If if a if a film studio such as Warner Brothers or Paramount whatever can make a movie using artificial intelligence, well, they don't need to pay an actor twenty million dollars to do a film anymore. Uh, the other the other portion of that is um, you know streaming services and and they want you know they want more money uh, because they so, don't get paid enough. But,
1: wait a second, the actors they don't care about. NAFTA taking American jobs away, even though those are unionized, <laughs> but they do take care about an AFTER making $20 million taking their job away, even though they're unionized. This, this is a very strange situation.
0: It, it really is.
1: Um, it's called a bifurcation. Yeah, they treat one, one type of person differently from another.
0: So here in this article, they they ask the same question I did. I just did. Who owns the rights to someone's face, voice, and persona after they die? What can they? What, uh, what control can they have over their, the direction of their career after death? Um, I just, uh, the whole thing is just bothersome because there's, there's so many, there's you know, they, t- they talk about misinformation and disinformation. Now, they're saying that AI can limit that or, or do away with it completely. But AI relies on humans to learn. They gather data from humans and, and then yeah. they learn it.
1: It's like the it's like the Facebook logarithms you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. The so a person writes that logarithm now in time. AI may be may have the capacity to self learn, but whatever their capacity is is dictated by the limitations of whoever the programmer is. And you know it, it may be able to self program at some point later on, but. You know, there's still human input into things. the uh, The question I have is: is what it's it's not necessarily what rights does James Dean have after death. It's what right does someone else have to use his image and not pay for it, or uh, or to just use his image and pay for it. You know, what gives someone that right? I mean, if you aren't going to believe in capitalism, I mean, capitalism says that uh, essentially that you'd be using his image without paying for it. So unless there's an agreement with someone to use whatever capital he built up with his image and and you pay him something for it, then then you can't do it. So if you're going to be anti-capitalist, then, then you, and you also are anti-constitutionalist. Then, what, what on earth would give someone the right to use someone's image at all, or anything about anyone? I mean, whether it's James Dean or uh, Napoleon, um, Mao Zedong, um, Christ. I mean. Are we allowed to just go around using whoever? I mean, what is it? Is it basically like um, what's the movie that they brought back with the dinosaurs? Uh,
0: Jurassic using, Park.
1: Yeah, Jurassic Park. Uh-huh. So can can we bring back um, you know um, a, a woolly mammoth on animation? I mean theoretically because they're not using human rights and property rights. But what about a caveman? What, you know is there a caveman named Og running around somewhere on a caveman drawing or something that you know someone's going to imitate him and bring him back to life or something I, what, what gives someone the right to do that with someone? I guess is, uh, is my question. Well, and they
0: asked that question in the article. Uh, If the dead, or rather their digital clones, are damned to an eternity of work, who benefits financially?
1: Yeah, exactly. Who benefits? Yeah.
0: So uh, the the answer is um, the rules are murky and in some regions of the world non-existent. And I think this is where you know, this is something that, that the government should stick their nose into because this has this has consequences that nobody knows what could happen. Um, I'd mentioned chat GPT uh, back when we first started talking about this. So uh, just to kind of give a brief overview, I, I kind of, you know, Just put it in a nutshell, but but t- to expand on that a little bit. Um, so it's a chat bot, uh, and it became a sensation across the world. It had 100 million users two months after it was launched. Um, so chat GPT and, and similar AI systems... Uh, are known as large language models, and they are an AI neural network that can process and generate human-like text, Um, but people have used it in all kinds of different ways, Uh, writing articles, emails, designing websites, and writing software code. But there are concerns that potentially they can be used uh, to spread misinformation, phishing email scams, and allowing students to cheat on tests. Um, So these deep neural networks uh, are software, is software that uh, is inspired by the structure of the brain So they learn to perform tasks by processing uh, a lot of examples and and tuning their parameters to approximate the common patterns they spot across those examples. So these are self-learning neural networks. Yeah. Uh, It's not like somebody's sitting at a computer, which they may, you know, to develop it, but the further development comes from input from users and they they the ai basically studies that and and learns the behavior um so what this does is it, it, they call them tokens so uh like say, for instance, um, they are trained through next token prediction. So they're, they're given this large uh, information gathering from different sources like Wikipedia or news websites. And then the text is broken down into tokens, which are basically parts of words. And um, it takes a chunk of them, like the opening sentence on a Wikipedia page. And tries to predict the outcome in the next token sequence. compares that uh, it compares its output with the actual text in the training uh, and adjusts its parameters to correct any mistakes. Um, so, basically, by doing this over and over again uh, across a large body of text, the transformer develops a model of language. They can create coherent sequences of text when given a prompt.
1: <laughs> and so... so it can say, t- I'll be back.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe uh, Arnold was onto to something when the, when the <laughs> you know, machines took over everything and, and was killing off human beings. Yeah. But I, I wanted to tie this in with that mass formation psychosis. And, and I want to play this real quick because I think, <coughs> excuse me, that um, these two things kind of relate in how we're being uh, manipulated. So listen to this.
2: But we are concerned
1: about public trends. One-sided news, news is our country. plaguing our country.
2: The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common on social media. media. More, alarming. More alarming, some, some, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. Unfortunately, some members some of the, media members of the media use their, their platforms, platforms to push their, their own, own personal bias and, agenda agenda and to control, to control. exactly That's what people think. think and this is, this is extremely dangerous to our, <Justice> does does to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous 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 to our democracy. This, this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. Uh, This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 This is extremely dangerous to our democracy.
0: Is Is that not? That's just crazy. That's some silliness right there.
1: Well yeah, and, and it's like that's before we inject AI. Right? Exactly. Well that's what I that's the exact point I
0: wanted to make. Absolutely. <laughs> okay.
1: But you yeah, see you I, see the relationship I, I'm kind of thinking, there, well right? maybe maybe we should have AI broadcasters because obviously the people who are doing it now are all just reading a script. Well so, so
0: so all of these stations are local. News stations, but they're Fox, they're ABC, they're NBC, they're CBS, um, and they are all owned by Sinclair Broadcast Group. Yeah, yeah. And and you had talked about the, I don't think you named them, but the 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 largest broadcasting companies, um, and and how much power they wield, and uh, they control the narrative. Mm -hmm. Um, So, um, they're headquartered in Baltimore, Maryland, and it's the second largest television station operator in the United States by number of stations, Um, after Nexstar. They own and operate a total of 193 stations across the country in over 100 markets, covering 40% of American households. So they're affiliated with Fox, NBC, CBS, ABC, My Network TV, and The CW. They also own four digital multicast networks, um, the Tennis Channel, Bally Sports Regional Networks, and a streaming service. In 2021, they became a Fortune 500 company with annual revenues of $5.9 billion in 2020. So when you think about that, uh, and I had mentioned how even cable news networks, they all parrot each other. Mm-hmm. And you and I have talked about, uh, you know, he's cheating on you, she's cheating on you. If you hear mm-hmm. something enough, and this is scary shit right here.
1: Well, yeah. That they're I all mean, saying the same, the same thing, thing. The same thing is going on in print media, too.
0: Yeah, so if you're bombarded with that stuff, day after day, night after night, uh, I mean, it's kind of a subliminal, a form of subliminal, um, what do they call it? Brainwashing?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I personally, I think that is what half the country felt fell victim to because anyone who wasn't watching Fox was catching the same old narrative regardless of what they were watching. I mean, the CNN and MSNBC and and such were the leaders, but all of the networks were saying the same things except Fox, Newsmax, OAN. And then Fox Flip. And yeah, they're they're kind of like the Republicans are to the Democrats. You know, the Republicans are are light, Marxist light, compared yeah. to the Democrats. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Whereas, but they're still Marxists. Well, the the TV stations are are all now Marxist, not just uh, the others. It's Fox is also. Um, and I, I figured that would happen after um, Rupert Murdoch backed away and let his uh, children run the playground. Uh, you know, and OAN and Newsmax are really, I, I don't know, I tried to get uh, them both when I was in Colorado, and OAN is blackballed. There's no way they'll be on any of the uh, major uh, cable situations. Newsmax is more available, but uh, I, I don't know what, what their availability of, of either is on the uh, stuff that Elon Musk put together in his satellite networks. But you know, there, it's just the problem is we don't have freedom. We, uh, you know, it, television and news, the news market is not a free market. We do not have a single free market in our country. This whole discussion about, you know, let the free market work. Well, we don't have any free markets. You know, name a free market. You know, we don't have any. So you can't even get a cell phone that you uh, turn on and haven't even activated yet that is already pre-programmed to follow you around and do things you don't want it to do. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing you can do about it um, other than not have a cell phone. Yeah. You can just walk around and not have a cell phone. That's your choice. Well, that isn't a choice. I think that's unconstitutional. That's that's limiting the market uh, to something that is not constitutional, <clears throat> doesn't comply with the Constitution. I think that is bad governance. So uh, I I just do not see how that's allowed to happen in this country, but it's it's gone on for over a hundred years now. So, you know, I don't know what we do other than have a revolution that says, you know, we're reinstituting the, con- the Constitution and uh, everything gets reevaluated based on, you know, constitutional measures of some sort. I mean, basically end up, it's a war (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. you know that's what it turns out to be yeah because there are people heavily invested in making the united states become uh, you know it's it's a marxist country there are people heavily invested in not to mention all of the wealthy families in europe who helped make it this way
0: yeah uh so speaking of um You know privacy i don't know if you heard but uh the uh new york city police per the mayor uh used drones over the holiday weekend to monitor backyard barbecues (laughs) with, with surveillance drones yeah and, you know, there were some people, you know, the old outcry, you know, uh, for, you know about privacy. But when you, when you give the government what you've already given them, they exacerbate that way beyond the scope of what they're supposed to be doing. I mean, we were warned about drones, and we did it anyway.
1: That's the Hegelian dialect at work. You have a new you have a new boundary set and then they're gonna go to work on passing that boundary.
0: Yeah, and that's that's a form of AI. Yeah, of uh, course it
1: is.
0: Yeah. You know, they're they're gathering information. Why do you need to be hovering over my house when I'm barbecuing in my backyard? Yeah. Now they said it was for noise complaints. Well, <laughs> I mean, does that mean every 4th of July you're going to be flying over my my yard because I'm making too much noise?
1: So if I shoot down their drone and make a noise... Well, that's the
0: first thing that came to my mind. (laughs) Not even kidding. Because, like we've talked about before, do I own the airspace above the ground that I bought and paid for? Yeah, yeah. And and you don't have a warrant to be flying over and watching me? You, you don't have any lawful authority to be monitoring what I'm doing on my own property? Who gave you that right? And, and where does it state that in the Constitution that you have the right to monitor what I do at my mm-hmm. own home? Yeah. I'd like you to show me, because I guarantee you you're not going to find
1: it. Well... I, I think that's a good way of looking at this James Dean situation is who gave that person the right to use James Dean's image likeness, whatever to use him in a movie who gave him that right? Well, and what they're saying, who gave, who gave the mayor the right to, you know, hover over someone's house and, take videos or whatever of whatever's going on down below. I mean, who gave them that right? Yeah. They just they just took. They took whatever they thought they could get away with, and if they get away with it, then that's the Hegelian dialectic at work. Then, oh, we got away with that, so next time we'll try to get away with this. It's, it's like a little kid and boundaries. It's like, oh, they said I couldn't cross the street, but here I am on the other side of the street oh even my puppies have worked that one so it it's like oh well i didn't get in trouble last time for being a on across the street okay well i don't want you more than one block away well obviously the next thing to do is go two blocks away you know that's just how people work it's it's a natural thing move the boundaries So you give them a little bit and then they're gonna try to go beyond it. So what gave them the right though? What gave whoever this AI company is that wants to do this thing, what gave them the right to do that? And what gave the mayor the right to do X, Y, Z? And what gives whoever the right to do something? I mean, if we're if we're not going to have a constitution and we're not going to have capitalism, which is basically where these people want to go, you know, at least capitalism I agree with it or not, it, it was a system that you it was understandable. Based on it wasn't a system that someone made up. It was just based on a on Adam Smith recognizing oh this is how a system has been working and you know it was just basically acknowledged whether we like it or not yeah that's basically how human beings operate so if we're going to create something new that's not a natural evolution of of a system and we're just going to come up with something that you know culture skelter you can do whatever you want to um, anarchy then okay well how's that supposed to work you know we don't we no longer have a reference point I guess is what I'm getting to the Constitution's a reference point capitalism is a reference point even our our legal system has reference points but by having precedents so you can argue about how those things get implemented or how bad or wrong or indifferent what they are, but at least you have something to to have an argument about. It's not just, oh, because I want to. So is because I want to the, how we base everything on them, like with AI and everything else too? Oh, just because I want to.
0: Yeah, it's, it's so frustrating.
1: Yeah. So, how's that work when someone wants me to wear a mask? Why do I have to wear a mask? Because I want you to. Well, I don't want to. Well, but we all want you to, and this is a democracy after all. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's if you don't, you're a threat to democracy.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because everybody's a threat to democracy, not the ones that are well, in charge
1: of it. Yeah. Just the, just the minority who opposes the 50 plus one, you know, mm. that, the minority is the one who's at, at jeopardy in a democracy. And what we have now isn't a democracy, because we actually have a tyranny of the minority in our country. That's kind of a downside of a representative democracy. Because we actually have a very overrepresented minority of people in this country who gets to control everything. And they're not the poor and the weak and the hungry and the, and the minority races either.
0: Well, here's, a, here's an interesting thing that'll make you chuckle. U.S. military to use A.I. to stop disinformation threats on social media. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Oh, yeah. U.S. Special Operations Command recently awarded a new contract to accrete A.I., to use artificial intelligence software to detect uh, disinformation threats on social media. According to a press press release by, I think it's a Crete, A-C-C-R-E-T-E, I don't know how else you'd say that. Um, The new contract will allow uh, US Special Operations Command special operators and intelligence analysts to predict disinformation threats on social media in real time. Now, they say that this is going to be used uh, to per- for national security purposes, um, for deep fakes and other harmful social media-based applications like election interference by Russia, or you know, this is going to be used against uh, U.S. Advers- adversaries um, because they they you know try to manipulate by uh, behavior by sharing this this information. But anybody with a clue knows that this isn't going to be just used. For U.S. adversaries.
1: <laughs> yeah, my guess is that it won't be used on the adversaries at all.
0: Just like the Patriot Act was was originally imposed for terrorists, it, it was also imposed to violate your civil rights. I mean, they, they said that this wasn't going to affect U.S. citizens. Originally. And then it morphed into, oh, well, we can come and kick your door in, tear your house apart just because somebody said that you were a terrorist. And if we made a mistake, oh, by the way, uh, we're not responsible for everything we broke, the door we kicked in, you know, the the mess we left behind, see you later. That's not how the government works. And I don't know why all of a sudden these uh, uh, who's delegating this stuff to the Pentagon? and why?
1: Well, well, they have the biggest dark budget.
0: I mean I get I, so if it was if it was intended to, you know, I don't know, stop ISIS from recruiting people or whatever. Then great. I'm all for that. But we all know, those of us that have a clue, that they will be spying on you and I. And and neither you or I are a terrorist. So why give them that kind of power? I need to look at me. You know I, I don't <laughs> I'm not a terrorist. I'm not a a threat to our democracy.
1: You know, <laughs> well, I don't... Not, in, not in your opinion, not in my opinion. But there are people running around who think we are the precise threats to democracy that they're afraid of. So basically, the answer to what you're looking for as far as jurisdiction of all this crap is rooted in a very old program called DARPA. Have you ever heard of that?
0: Uh, yes, but it's, it's okay. been a minute since I even... But I know what it, you're talking it's, about. Yeah, it's fascinating
1: stuff. Um, and uh, very concerning stuff, too, by the way. I mean, like a lot of things, it was, it, it was created with good intentions. But uh, an awful lot of dark money goes in there and it has an awful lot to do with why the Pentagon uh, is completely unauditable. There's just no way you could audit the the Pentagon and make the books balance. And uh, a lot of it has to do with incompetence. But it, it also has to do with the fact that they have so many dark money projects that uh, they don't even know what they have. But, yeah, if you want to scare yourself sometime, go uh, go spend an afternoon learning about dark money. I mean, I haven't looked it up in an awful long time, but it's, it's scary. And it, it has some really cool things that have come out of it. You know.
0: You want to hear something good. funny? So when they announce this, there's they you know, for some reason, these kind of stories are announced on Twitter and you know, social media, they're not really mentioned in the mainstream media or mass media. So a guy a guy says, Man, this is gonna sound awful familiar. Probably listens to this show. <laughs> Remember when the U.S. military trained to win wars against America's enemies, not surveil her citizens?
2: (laughs) Not so much anymore.
0: Leave comments below to trigger SOCOM's AI. (laughs) Oh, my God, people. At least there are some people out there that, you know, are, are recognizing... And seeing the same things you and I are. I, again, we're not the smartest people in the world. But we also, uh, we also talk about things well, well before they're ever talked about by other people. Yeah. Yeah. We've made predictions on this show that some would have said we were conspiracy theorists. And lo and behold, the shit happened. So, yeah. But that's funny because you and I have talked about multiple times. That we, we're not in the business of winning wars anymore.
1: Yeah, my! Um, uh, especially when I get on my, one of my tirades about Mark Milley-Vanelli. Um, yeah, these people, I, I don't think there's anyone working at the Pentagon who was ever involved in winning a war. Because everyone who was involved in winning the last war that the U.S. won is is long retired, and most of them are dead. Most of them have died off by now. Very few of the World War Two vets are still alive. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I think so.
1: Yeah, not very many. So there's actually something interesting with uh, respect to uh, twi- the Twitterverse, or X, X Twitter. See, I, I want to. I want to start calling biden ex-biden ex-biden yeah ex-biden um so and it has to do with the uh, uh what do they call it the defamation league they call it the anti-defamation league but it's really the defamation league. Oh, yeah. they run around and accusing everyone else of being prejudiced against someone. And these people are the most prejudiced sumbitches that ever walked the face of the earth. And they just, they use AI in in planting things. And and I guess Musk has caught him doing that with Twitter. And he basically just came out recently and said, uh, yeah, thanks to the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, um, they, we can now say that they're the root of most of the problems we've been having with misinformation and uh, you know, defamation on our platform. And if things don't get under control, we may have to uh, prevent them from using our platform any longer which I think is a pretty cool deal. But yeah, I mean, if you're going uh, to use AI to try to pull down someone's platform, like, like the Defamation League is doing with Twitter, then why not? Why not use all that stuff against them? You know they're they're doing way worse things than the Russians ever did with a hundred thousand dollars of advertising in the election. So uh, good for good for Elon uh, for calling their bluff because no one ever takes on the defamation; they just let them go make whatever raunchy claims they've got so yeah that just, that just came out with Elam I didn't know if you saw that with respect to the AI or not, but it's so new uh you
0: know yeah, I saw uh the story on that i didn't I didn't oh, really okay. pay attention to it and didn't look into it, but I know what you're referring to hmm but all of this leads back to one you know so another another um response was, uh, the government's contract with the Crete is one step closer to Americans saying goodbye to the rights listed under the First Amendment. And I think everybody, a a large portion of our country is missing what's going on. And they're not going to know what hit them until it fucking smacks them right in the face
1: yeah because that's the problem with all the networks saying the same thing whether it's ai or not if like my mother only listens to cnn that's it that's all she watches as though you know she remembers it being like the old ted turner days when actually something worth watching but if that's all you do if, if if you Well, there's no other, there's really nothing else unless you go to Newsmax where you, Fox still is enough different. But if all you're doing is watching and hearing the same old thing, your girlfriend's cheating on you, your girlfriend's cheating on you, your girlfriend's cheating, you know? Yeah. There's there's nowhere for your mind to go. Yep. And I think there's a certain amount of brainwashing that's going on with that. It's um, absolutely true that it may be that the that, that has created mass formation
0: psychosis um, you know, I, 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 well,
1: and that goes not? that goes Pro- prove
0: that it didn't yeah that <laughs> goes to both sides though, yeah, I mean you're you're a classical liberal, and I consider myself a conservative, but you and I seem to be able to pick apart you know the bullshit and I give as much grief to Republicans as I do to Democrats and and not so much policy wise but action and reaction wise or uh, the ability to convey where they stand as opposed to not convey where they stand and their ability to not be able to push back. Um, And so when and when it happens that we start losing bigger portions of our freedoms and it's it, it could be today uh, that there's no, a point of no return, then maybe you know half of the country will wake up and go, man, I missed the boat on this. Now what am I going to do?
1: I think it happened with COVID.
0: Well, so funny you say that. Uh, so Jill Biden um, has COVID for the third or fourth time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so now they're, now they're, because she got COVID, not because other people are getting COVID, but because the first lady got COVID, they're gonna they're thinking about doing a mask mandate again. I don't give a flying rat's ass about her. Yeah. Her health. I, I mean, I don't want anything bad to happen to the lady. I don't know her.
1: She's obviously not a very good doctor.
0: Apparently not. I mean, you know, she. I, I don't know that I've had COVID. I, I think that I have. Um, but, I mean, I didn't get it three times. Yeah. And I'm sure she's vaccinated. Like, with 25 boosters.
1: Well, in my case, zero Fs have been given. <laughs> Another person said, uh,
0: oh, why is the government hiring a firm to censor speech? A third social media user asked, Hitler would be, Hitler would be proud of this.
1: Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Goebbels would love this stuff. But isn't it, is it the, is these people,
0: aren't these people the same people that said Trump was Hitler reincarnated? And he was well, he was the biggest threat to our democracy. Like, he's not even the president, and this craziness is still coming. I mean, it's not coming from Donald Trump.
1: Well, it's just not. Uh, see, that's a very fascinating subject. And just, just superficially, see if this sounds interesting. That you know, if you if you think about it, two presidents have fought the Federal Reserve. Uh, four fought the central banks. Um. To to some sort of note. Andrew Jackson, uh, Abraham Lincoln. John F. Kennedy and Donald Trump, two of them assassinated. Um, that's what. That's how powerful central banking is. Um, if you if you look at the uh, if you if you look at the so-called intelligence agencies, you know, the first person to warn us about them all was Eisenhower, Mm -hmm. and the first people to go against the uh, defense department the pentagon and the assorted there weren't 23 of them in those days but there are 23 anti-intelligence agencies now so primarily the cia and the fbi well, you know, let's take a look at the two presidents that, well, actually, the the three and maybe four who looked at them the hardest. John F. Kennedy. Yeah.
0: Brother Bobby.
1: Um. Yeah. Although Bobby, I seriously think was a fluke. That I don't think the CIA and FBI were involved in that. I just my personal. Um, the uh, the next was, believe it or not, Richard Nixon. Mm-hmm. And people can uh, agree or disagree with Tucker Carlson, but. He actually has uh, hit the nail on the head with respect to Richard Nixon because four of the five burglars were CIA employees, and then we had uh, uh, G Gordon Liddy, FBI why why are four why why are those five people involved in something? that leads to a president getting removed from office from those two agencies, you know? Yeah. So my comment back to the person who, you know, was discussing it with me was that is why Nixon should have been the one yelling the loudest about getting to the bottom of whatever was going on instead of being involved in a cover-up because he did what a lot of politicians would do and a lot of people in business would do. You know, if, if something goes wrong with General Motors, are you going to try to stand up and, and you're the CEO of General Motors and say, well, we need to get to the bottom of why these brakes aren't working on this car. Or are you going to try to cover it up fix the problem recall the cars that you know were made and move on just keep it all quiet keep it quiet is your normal mode it's just how humans think well that's what nixon did you know he he wasn't involved in in the break-in he found out about it though and he got involved in the cover-up well those people planted the seeds for him to get removed from office. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the guy who did all the writing about that had just happened to leave the Naval Intelligence Office and became a journalist,
2: Imagine so-called journalist.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Bob Woodward. And uh, he starts writing about it all. And, and who's, his, who's his deep throat guy? Oh, it's the guy who was the head of counterintelligence in the FBI. Remember the, that same person that I was telling you about, uh, Bill Priestat? Mm-hmm. The head of counterintelligence who was running with the fake Russia collusion narrative? Yeah. Yeah. FBI counterintelligence, same division. Well, what do you know? so they they basically brought nixon down someone tried to bring reagan down and that's what that iran contra thing was all about yeah and he was he was able to get free of that that was a badly done trap but it was done at cia Um, but that was actually more of a Pentagon operation. The idea came, I'm going to say this is my opinion. It's more than my opinion, but the idea came out of CIA. Just as a, hey, how about you try this? But Woodward said that Bill Casey actually admitted to being involved in putting all that together, which was not true. Woodward lied to everybody about that. Because he wasn't involved in that. Um, But basically, that was all operated out of uh, Poindexter's office. And then we have the fourth was Trump. And look what happened to Trump. Impeached twice removed from office by a incredibly questionable election. And establishment Washington doing absolutely everything they can to keep him from ever uh, breathing another breath, ever being able to run from office. And yeah, they would just prefer to have the guy assassinated as much as anything. That's what happens to people who go against the... Uh, the goal by some would say us conspiracy theorists of centralizing power in a permanent government setup and taking away freedom from the people. So, you know, with central banking and how that operates with all of the other central banks in the world and our uh, propensity to move toward Marxism in this country, you kind of have to wonder who's in charge of or or how the uh, permanent state of Washington was able to develop the way it did. And Eisenhower called it coming on. And you know that was a that was the days of watching over communism and everything, and I mean, there were people running around you know, saying there's a communist everywhere behind every tree and everything. But they weren't all that wrong. But it's like, how on earth did did, the, did Marxism infiltrate our country and get the toehold that it got? And it happened, as we've talked about, with respect to the uh, Frankfurt School 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. But it really got on steroids after World War II, when people were leaving, you know, especially that effort of, of developing the atomic bomb, bringing the scientists out of Germany, and uh, you know, I, I think of Warner Braun, um, but others, and uh, I, even Einstein. Uh, was against developing something like the atomic bomb. And and the the people involved in that uh, Manhattan Project with Oppenheimer, they were adamantly opposed to it being used on Japan. They thought they were developing something to be used on Hitler. And after Hitler was defeated, they were like, what are we working on this for? Again, yeah, you know, they became all these these big time peaceniks when it came to being used on Japan. Forget about all of the destruction Japan did. I mean, we seem to know all about what Germany did in World War II, but no one seems to know a whole hell of a lot about Japan. And, and they were remarkably similar. And and actually allies to an extent. So. So how is it this clearly European Marxism got such a toehold at the end of World War II and got on steroids in the 60s and 70s here? I think that's a fascinating subject. I, I know Tucker Carlson was probing it, and I talked about it way more than I intended to, and I'm sorry, but I, I just, I thought that was a, that's no, a. No, It's yeah,
0: very interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, because if the, those people are the ones who are helping AI get implemented and those are very evil people and we don't even know who the hell they are.
0: No. And I think that's where Trump or, uh, Tucker is, is right. Like you said, you know, uh, he's a threat to them. And we've said that numerous times on this show, going back two years, three years ago. Uh, when or whatever we started this and in our preseason, that he's he's a threat to them in some way, and I think when he comes out and he says, you know, we're we're gonna basically burn it all down, and we're gonna expose all these corrupt people and the swamp and all this other stuff. Those are the people. What what which is what I call. The fourth branch of our government. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're scared of that. They, he threatens their lifestyle. So what better way to... You know, if you have an enemy, you go after them. And you do certain tactical things to you know, undermine them and, and try to take them out before they do any damage to you. And in this case, Tucker laid out the, like he said, put it on a graph, man. Mm -hmm. That's pretty simple. I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out that, like he said, even people in his own party, and I, I don't really look at Trump as a Republican.
1: No, I don't either, yeah.
0: I mean he's running under the Republican banner. But I don't think that that Ronald Reagan was your typical Republican.
1: And that's why he got that's why he got an establishment guy to run with him. Yeah. Who was a Yale guy mm-hmm. and former head of the CIA. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so is, they see these. It
1: makes sense after a while.
0: And it's not really, it's not really the threat to democracy that they're talking about. It's the threat to their mm-hmm. whatever their the the Marxist. It's a threat to Marxism. Yeah,
1: it's a threat to their control of the democracy that's in charge of Marxism.
0: But just like that, just like that video, of all those news stations, local news st- uh, stations across the country saying. It's a threat to our democracy. That's a threat to our democracy. They all say the same thing. When, yeah. when it's not really a threat to our democracy, what's a threat to our democracy is what we're talking about, AI, uh, you know, gun confiscation, th- property rights, your body, and all these things. That's the real threat. And uh, 99.9% of them are not coming from con- the conservative side. and and it, like i said it, it, until i mean when it literally slapped someone in the face and i don't know what that is
1: yeah i don't know i don't either you know the closest thing we had before was probably Huey Long running against Roosevelt in the 30s you know, it was basically Herbert Hoover, Roosevelt, and Huey Long got assassinated, and he was a populist. The only reason I think of him is he was a populist, and and Trump is essentially a populist. Mm. Uh, the thing is, is that who other than Trump, you know? I'm not a believer, and uh, we've talked uh, about this a lot. I, neither one of us is a believer in personality. You, know, you don't want to have a cult of personality. But in Trump's case, he gets passed off as a personality, but he's, he's the only one fighting Marxism. All the other, whoever else is involved with the Democrat Party and the Republican Party in the primaries, they're all wanting to be the elitist in charge of the Marxist system in our country. He's the only one running against it. So if they take him out, whether it's uh, by some illegal legal process, by some unconstitutional institutional process or just by offing him like they did with Kennedy who else is going to run you know who else is there there isn't anyone and and there aren't enough of us who understand what's going on to even apparently to even motivate other people you know, I, I think that so many people are either numb to it all, not paying attention, or they're, they're convinced that, yeah, it's bad as hell, but what can I do about it? Or they're part of the mass formation psychosis that you're talking about, which is, they've been hearing the same old thing on the same old news channels, uh, local and national for so long, and, and they never hear the truth. That they just finally assume that it's true, or at least most of it's true. They it couldn't be; they wouldn't be allowed to say it otherwise, right? Yeah, it, it's on the internet, so it must be true. Mm-hmm. It's on it's on TV, so it must be true. They're not hearing others; they're not hearing anything else. You know, my mother says, "I don't know where you're getting the news." I'm like, "Well, I have to go look for it." Finally, frankly, because uh, what. What you're seeing on regular news isn't the news it's just what people want to tell you it's not the news why don't you why don't you go try to find it yourself why don't you do your own fact finding oh uh, i don't know how to do that well okay don't try to argue with me then because you know i can back up everything i'm saying and, and and it turns out to be true yeah no matter how nutty you some of the things we've come up with are like we're, we're actually making a big sarcastic joke, and then two weeks later, huh, it happened. So I don't know what you do if, if if people are so bought into what they're being told, the lies they're being told, then I I how do you count on them to fight a revolution? I mean. The Soviet Union did that really well, and I I think that all the work we did, the CIA did to keep the communism and the Russians, the Ruskies as they call them, out of this country, they got in. And and they got in through the universities. So, you know, I, I don't know what we did. I don't know what our... What are our choices on? Well,
0: every, every system that we have is being corrupted. I mean, obviously, mass media, social media, uh, like you said, television, overall, um, the ju- judicial system. That 's all corrupted, and the people in charge of those bureaucracies and agencies and companies and uh, don't want to relinquish any of their power, yeah, they want to hold on to it for some strange reason, and again i i still i can't figure out for the life of me sitting around thinking about it, I can't figure out what the end game is. And I get the Marxism part. But like, you know, all socialist countries, you know, if you have an elite few that take and take and take, eventually there's nothing left to take. Right. And so that's why socialism doesn't work. I mean, eventually a cow, you know, a cow goes dry. You're not getting any more milk from that cow. And so they have to know. Is it, is it because eventually one day they know they're going to die and it doesn't matter? At least I'll, I'll live a, 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 the good life, you know, for as long as I happen to be on the planet, well,
1: like you know, have you ever thought?
0: People. Have you ever thought that uh, some of these politicians that that refuse to go away, and you know, they can't talk anymore, they can't hardly walk, you know, they lose their train of thought. That the, the only reason that they're still there is because they don't want to give up that power and I, I want to make as many horrible decisions as I can yeah. while I'm still here because I'm going to die soon. So w- what difference does it make?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's why Nancy Pelosi stayed on, even though she lost the speakership. Because I think she knew that if she left, people were coming after her. Even well, yeah, that's she had- yeah even it's like joe biden no. yeah exactly he uh, i mean not only that what are they gonna do all this. yeah well but he became uh, he
0: became a multimillionaire, for apparently no reason he's never no nobody in his family has ever owned a business has ever had a real job how, how does that happen
1: Well, the Biden family, his uncle and his father had a very interesting relationship with some of these folks in Boston that just is not something that, um, well, in other places. It's fascinating stuff that is just, I guess, not out there um but they they don't have a history of making an honest dollar uh, i'll just leave it at that cuz i i drag enough attention as it is and we're near the near the end yeah. here um but uh there were there were people with money in his family but they didn't they weren't working for an honest dollar uh, but I, I'm trying to think of something here. The if you look at how like the federal the Federal Reserve was the biggest move of progressivism in this country. I mean, a permanent move. There were a lot of things like changing how the uh, Senate operated. You know, with with them being elected by popular vote instead of by legislatures, uh, prohibition, some things like that, big big stuff also. But the Federal Reserve was Europe getting their books into America. The other stuff was more Marxist of how do you, how do you change the social fabric and how the government operates sort of thing. Um the Federal Reserve was Europe and the old families there. And the central banks in Europe actually go back to some of them go back to the the time of uh, you know the Pope's starting up. Um the Medici uh family in Italy. Uh, there's some really old families involved in those European central banks. Um, everyone thinks of like uh, Rockefellers, and they and they think of uh, the, oh, the the Rothschilds. Mm-hmm. But oh my gosh, there there's like England's Central Bank was put together in I want to say 1690s, something like that. But their previous uh, Bank of London was, I don't know, I think that was, goes back to, like, the 1200s, um, there's really old money. They, they think generationally, which is how the Chinese think. The Russians don't seem to have a problem with killing off a generation and startups because I, I think maybe it's the agricultural background. when I mean, you've got to burn the field to the ground sometimes and start over again. I, I don't know. Um, but it goes, It gets to a legacy, a family legacy, I guess you could say, where uh, these folks uh, want to preserve their family lines. And Europe, Europe's been tapped out for a long time, and they know it. They have huge problems there that, uh, I mean, granted, the last 50 years have been of their own making, but yeah. economically, Germany, there's Germany in Europe, and then there's the rest of Europe. Mm-hmm. I mean, p- people talk about Liechtenstein and Finland and, you know, small-scale socialism or, you know, what have you, but... These countries in Europe only get along economically because we're footing the bill for their defense. Not not one of them pays their uh, their piece of NATO that they're supposed to be. I mean that that's really what ticked them off when Donald Trump called them out and says, you know, you're you're basically a bunch of freeloaders. You know, you if stop. So they've all been getting uh, getting it easy because we are covering their costs. So, you know, that, that really got him out of favor with Europe. But I think Europe knows that, you know, we're the we're the wealthiest country. There's plenty to plunder here. They can continue operating as they want to for quite a while based on our resources. China knows that too. They can keep their people alive by farming our fields. Uh, Europe knows that their families know they they can stay alive by the cash flow from our banking and our business and our economy. Uh, I, I think that's the the game. They, they all know the population has to come down. Um, so ultimately, they want to feed fewer people. Yeah. But they want their families to be running things in other two thousand years.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and then, I saw the I saw the problems in Europe when I was stationed overseas.
1: In in the, in
0: the, (laughs) you know, late eighties. And so, I mean, even though the fall of communism happened while I was there, uh, they had, they had in the, in the late eighties, they had an immigration problem. Yeah. And since then it's just got nothing but worse. And when you talk to, you know, that, that's the thing that, that kills me about Americans. Oh, well, you know, it's the humane thing to do, and immigrants built this country, and yeah, maybe so. You know, again, my family is, is a family of immigrants and, and whatever. But it wasn't done the same back then. You know, people just weren't illegally crossing, you know, they had to go through a process. And most the
1: country's been built. The country's already built. We don't need to have immigrants come in and build (laughs) it. Right? Yeah. Because it's built. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. Uh, But they had a they had a real problem with with immigration, and and basically had the same nonchalant attitude of, oh, well, you know, you know, we're a welcoming country, and you know, we have to be accepting of other people, and. You know, but if you talk to German people, just like you talk to normal American people, citizens, they didn't want it.
1: No. They
0: they threw a friggin' fit over that crap. And you're starting to see that now, even even some of these you know Democrat cities with, you know, like New York and. And in California, you know, they're complaining that they have too many people and the immigrants are homeless on the sidewalks and we don't have anywhere to put them. Well, you asked for it. Now you got it. You know, we warned you. You talk about, you know, the controlling the population and not wanting to feed more people. What's this country gonna do when it reaches 500 million? We're struggling now. And I would say, you know, last census was what, 340 million, something like that? Uh, With-
1: I don't even believe the census numbers anymore well,
0: you can't number one because we have so many yeah. people here that are undocumented that we don't even know i mean we don't know what the number is right yeah, you know some say up up to thirty million so we're 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 right at the threshold of four hundred million people, and we can't sustain that as it is uh you know, now, now New York is asking for, like, $28 billion in, in federal aid, which they're like, that needs to come from every state so that we can get our crap together. I didn't agree to that. No. You know, where's the paperwork I can sign that I opt out of any of my money going to New York? You wanted it. Now you got it. You deal with it. It's not the rest of the country's problem. Same way with California. You know, California likes to brag about how if it wasn't for California's GDP, the United States would be screwed. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I beg to differ, and I would gladly debate that with anyone. I mean, they put a strain on the rest of the country. Let's not let's not even go and talk about their their contribution to the debt. So uh, again, I, I think it's one of them things that is going to come back to haunt people in this country. Because I seen well, what I seen yeah. what it did uh, to Germany when I was there twenty years ago, thirty years ago. Or how, however, long that was.
1: Well, the things that change a country's course, you know, it—it's course of, it, you know, its directional course is what I'm talking about. You know, that it's—it's a, a ship sailing out in the ocean and it's changing course. The the. The countries that have changed course before it was too late was never done democratically. It was never done by vote of, you know, sixty percent of the people in the country decide to vote and say, "We're going to do X and change how our country operates." It just doesn't happen. It's a it's always a minority of people mm-hmm. a- and they might force a, force change through a democratic process or they might force change through some sort of dictatorial process or they might force change through a revolutionary process but it's not the majority of people who live in a country who wake up one day and say you know we really need to close the border you know it's not, you know. Let's go. I think we need to really think about invading Czechoslovakia or uh, taking over Poland or whatever. Let's let's go invade Taiwan. You know, th- people don't just sit around and it, th- those things aren't done by a majority of people. Everything is done by a minority. And like I've said before, with like the American Revolution, that was basically a third of the population said, yeah, we're willing to fight this. You know, we had another third that were, were British loyalists, Tories. That That's a something big that we allowed to happen that probably shouldn't have been done in retrospect, which was Those people who wanted to were allowed to stay in this country. An awful lot of them were slaveholders. You know, people who had come here from England, and they were southern plantation owners and owned slaves. Some of them moved them over into uh, the West Indies, the Bahamas, you know, other areas. But um, a lot of them stayed in this country. A lot of them were in New York and Pennsylvania, too. And a lot of the people there in the Northeast are, were the, I guess you could say, the, the Tories that remained in this country were, were loyal to Europe and how Europe operated. They were not freedom fighters. They were not revolutionaries. They were in favor of the British winning the Revolutionary War so rather than booting them out they were all allowed to stay and then we had another third of the population who didn't give a crap they were going to keep on moving west like daniel boone did he just kept on going you know he he was gone before something became a state so he just kept on going west and then people would head down to mexico too so yeah, you know, I I don't know. Well, I guess I'm just doing a lot of yapping right now, and I'm like, I don't know where the solution is, but I don't think it's by waiting for the by a majority of people to wake up one day and vote a certain way.
0: Yeah, no, I think we're well beyond that. Yeah. So I want to close on two uh, two things here. Um, one, we we've predicted on this show. So a Russian state television station threatened nuclear strikes against the United States in response to U.S. involvement in the war between Russia and Ukraine. Uh, Igor Korachenko, editor of the National Defense newspaper, suggested that unprecedented, unprecedented action could be taken by Russia against the United States. We talked about that. Where eventually, yeah. you know, the aid and the, the giving of the weapons and, and yeah. arms and all that stuff is, is going to piss off Russia. Not that I'm worried about pissing off Russia. I don't, I don't care. But they were, they were going to do something in response. And they basically said, uh, and, and here's an interesting thing. The most important message we should send to the Americans is that we will not wage war with you in Europe. (laughs) That was shared on (laughs) X by Anton Garashenko, a Ukrainian internal affairs advisor. uh, In response to your attacks on Russian military or civilian facilities, the first strike will be a preventative, limited strike against targets on the territory of the United States of
1: America. Yeah, well, I'm surprised they haven't done something already.
0: So Korchenko said uh, Russian officials and experts would discuss the use and permissibility of tactical nuclear weapons, what goals and what tactics we will use. Yeah. They have already put their SARMAT strategic missile system on combat duty. Uh, They did that uh, last week. And that's the strategic missile system capable of reaching the United States.
1: Hypersonic. Mm Mm-hmm. That we can't stop.
0: Uh, So they're ramping it up.
1: Yeah. Well, it's going to hit the fan when, uh, this winter, when all those, uh, when all that food that's, can't get out of Ukraine uh, is not going to these various countries who have been circumventing uh, Russia and undermining their currency. It's really going to hit the fan then. That's probably about when we might see something like what you're alluding to. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, like
1: there's, a, there's a similar name, uh, Porochinko. Uh, who was the the head of that? Remember the rebel force that was uh-huh. going to, you know, turn around and from Ukraine and, you know, basically he capitulated to Putin and said, let's be friends again. Yeah. I thought maybe that was coming. His story was coming on your thing because you know what happened to him. Oh yeah, yeah. Saw the plane. plane met- Fall out of plane, the sky. The <laughs> plane went down in northwest Moscow. Gee, I wonder how that happened. Oh, uh, such a shocking event. Okay. Mm-hmm. You said there was two things. What's the other one?
0: Uh, so the other one is... Um, Enrique Tarrio, former national chairman of the Proud Boys, was sentenced today to 22 years in prison. hmm uh, he was charged for conspiring to stop the certification of the 2020 presidential election uh, in Congress. He wasn't even there on that day. He was not he wasn't in Washington dC but they said he played uh, a pivotal role in uh, the breach of the Capitol.
1: Yeah, he was one of those people I was talking about that the DOJ was, uh, well, FBI, was tapping and setting up through all of their activist agents that were infiltrating these organizations. They already knew who they were going to go after before that even happened.
0: Yeah, and I have to admit, I don't know a whole lot about the organization. I, I do know that this... uh Enrique Tario was accused of being racist uh, <laughs> yeah a white supremacist and and he's yeah. like I'm not even white but um <laughs> yeah but prosecutors wanted him to get 33 years and um his attorney's you know pled with pled with the judge to uh give him no longer than 15 years so I guess The judge and met him in the middle but he um so i guess six proud boy leaders were charged for conspiring to stop the certification of the 2020 presidential election yeah like seven of you are gonna stop a presidential certification okay um but anyway uh he's reserved received the longest prison sentence to date again he wasn't even in Washington when when the uh, supposed insurrection took place yeah um, but I thought that was interesting because uh, what they found him guilty of
1: of course yeah
0: conspiring to stop the certification of the 2020 presidential election results. Will that be the next indictment of Donald Trump? Mean that That would that would go along with their whole 14th amendment deal. Cuz he conspired to overthrow an election and the government.
1: Yeah, He's not I'm been charged like with that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Will this be the next charge that, you know, some, some DA in, like, I don't know, New Mexico, some local district attorney in New Mexico, or Arizona? Because Arizona's been talking about uh, indicting him. So will Arizona, some pissant DA... Or, or, or maybe Attorney General bring federal charges in the state of Arizona against Donald Trump for conspiracy and insurrection? Stay tuned.
1: Yeah.
0: Or, we're, or are they just going to kill him? Because the, 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 the indictments don't seem to be doing it any good. He, he has his biggest lead uh, so far. Um, yeah, and the,
1: the biggest losers, the ones at the bottom of the polls are uh, Fat Boy, <laughs> whatever his name is, the former Jersey guy, Yeah, the Weebles Wobble guy. Um, <laughs> what is his name?
0: Chris Christie.
1: Chris Christie, yeah. Chris Christie and uh, Pence. They're at the bottom of the list. I mean, they've got to work their way around a lot of competition. And they, they seem to think they're the ones most entitled to be, oh, I'm sorry, most qualified to be um, president. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's like these people, they have no clue at all. They don't understand where a third of the country is. So, you know, we're not a majority, but we are a third of the country, so I'd be very interested to hear what the, what the proof of a conspiracy uh, existed because I have yet to even hear of any. I, I never heard of anyone going to D.C. to stop the uh, counting of the uh, electoral college votes. All I ever heard was, you know, maybe protesting something or whatever, but, um, you know, stopping the electoral count. I got. Did you hear about that? No. Uh-uh. Yeah, I I did. I certainly never did. Doesn't yeah, no, mean I, that I'm 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 not a part of this, cowboy thing, but my. Did, did they really have him on tape or something saying, you know, I really think we need to get a million people together to go stop the stop the electoral count? I, no. I wouldn't. Why would...
0: Well, the GOP I, is... I, in charge I, of- I
1: could see going there and taking over the building and tossing everybody out and having an armed revolution. I've said that before. I could understand that. Yeah. But, but stopping... How do people even sit around saying, you know, I think we need to have a big action to go in there and keep them from counting those electoral votes? (laughs) Seriously? Are we supposed to believe that? No one's ever
0: said that. No. You know who who has done that, though? Well, the Democrats. Yeah, I've played clips of it. Yeah. Or they, they rejected, you know, tried to send the, the votes back because they didn't want to certify the election. I mean, they, they yeah. did it on video. Yeah. Even, even Biden turned them down. They've I mean, done it with he, he, every single Republican yeah. president that's been elected. Every single yeah. one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and no one's called that or an insurrection. Yeah. So. Well,
0: that's because the Republicans have no backbone. Well, that's true. It's like, uh, so, you know, the the House is, is under the control of the GOP. And they announced Friday that uh, media members and other individuals will soon have access to watch security video footage from the breach of the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Uh, the Democrats were blocking that when they had the, you know, the January 6th committee or whatever the hell they called themselves. Uh, so, members of the media, defendants charged with crimes, and nonprofit organization, organizations focused on the government will be able to request access to video surveillance footage. But there's a guideline, <laughs> of course there is. It's always a guideline. Uh they're going to require individuals requesting access to the surveillance videos to set up an appointment for a limited three hour viewing once per week. Why aren't those 40,000 hours of video surveillance just released period?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Why aren't they releasing all 40,000 hours for the public to, to look at and let the public decide? Yeah, I guess we're, I don't know, too childish. You know, we can't handle the truth. You know, we're not capable of making our own decisions. We have to have the government do that for us. I mean, you can only have two beers a week. So so what makes you think you you can see 40,000 hours of a a so-called insurrection and come to your own conclusion?
1: Yeah, especially if we're the ones they're supposed to be representing. Shouldn't we be knowing what we're... I mean that was basically Thomas Jefferson's argument for the education system was people would be educated enough to know why or who to vote on to vote for to represent them best how are we supposed to know who would represent us best if if we remain ignorant about things i mean it just is so contrary to the whole point of having open government and open information.
0: Well, this is what they do. Well,
1: here's, sure. here's
0: a knock on the Republicans. They're
1: just as bad.
0: The House Republicans are continuing, this is what they say, continuing to deliver on our promise to bring transparency and accountability to the People's House by increasing access to security footage from January 5th and 6th. This anou- announcement stands in stark contrast to the previous Democrat leadership who blocked access to the footage and only showed carefully edited clips to the public. You're not doing much different. No. You're only allowing certain people to view it for a certain period of time instead of just saying, you know what? We're going to show all of the American public Exactly what happened by releasing all of it.
1: Yeah, We're putting it
0: online see. today. Here you go.
1: Yeah. How about you put it on YouTube? And yeah, that's what I'm saying. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Make it available to, I don't know, three, five, whatever. Any platform who wants to run it. C SPAN. Yeah. You know? Well, how about. Put it on freaking Wikipedia. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Just do it. Just stop telling us that you're doing something when you're not doing really much of anything at all. I exactly. Mean, yeah, that's, that's my gripe with the Republicans is they're just as bad as the Democrats are.
0: Sometimes worse.
1: Yeah.
0: in, in, in the way they operate. Well you know, because they just, because they I just think,
1: lie about different things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the problem is that they, you know, they're manipulating their they're base, just like the Democrats do. Uh, by throwing them, a, a, you know, not necessarily a bone, but, you know, a little scrap. Yeah. We'll just throw them a few scraps. And that should satisfy them. And if it doesn't, oh well.
1: Well, how about we all just go pull a BLM and we keep that going? And Gosh, man. I mean, it just sound, it's sounding like a better and better idea every time
0: yeah i don't
1: disagree let's go pull a blm and you know just keep going until we we get what we want and and we won't even know what we want until after we've caused a lot of damage first i mean it turns out blm was all was just about raising money to send on to things it wasn't about anything they said it was anyway so we don't really have to be that clear. I'm just venting now. I'm sorry. I to, sorry, I have to go.
0: Yeah, that's that's gonna do it for another episode. Uh, today is Tuesday, the fifth uh, of September, and uh, we will see you in a couple of days on Thursday.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, check us out on an inquiry into freedom dot com, and. Uh, You know, shoot us an email or or whatever. And we'll see you Thursday. Bye bye.